Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. Good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, SARM adds its voice in a call for grain companies to be flexible for drought-stricken farmers facing unfilled contract penalties. We also hear from the NDP calling for emergency legislation to support farmers facing severe penalties for non-delivery of grain during drought. Farm Credit Canada releases its latest farmland value market outlook. It's a modest increase for Saskatchewan. Real Agriculture outlines Fertilizer Canada's report, which found farm income could drop $48 billion over eight years if government imposes fertilizer use reductions to cut greenhouse gases. And we talk with the Minister of Agriculture from Saskatchewan about biotechnology. It's National Biotechnology Week across Canada. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank 306 721 6667. SARM is adding its voice to the group calling for grain companies to be flexible with farmers facing drought and contract penalties for non-delivery. President Ray Orb is calling on grain companies to work with farmers to reduce penalties and eliminate administration fees on contracted but undelivered grain for this year. Orb says stiff penalties only add to the drought faced by producers this year. We we allege that there is, you know, a, a lot of stress out there right now in rural Saskatchewan in the farming community, and uh, a lot of farmers have made contracts, and normally uh, that would be a good practice, but this year, because of the drought, a lot of the farmers are short on their contracts, so they can't actually supply the grain, and in some cases, they're having to pay, uh, you know, pretty high fees and things like that, and also buyback of the grain is an issue. So we're asking the grain companies to try and work with farmers the best they can, you know, have, have more compassion, I would say, than, than normal. And uh, we're hoping that that message gets across. You'd like to see an end to administration fees and possibly roll over some contracts? You know, there are options out there. And I know, you know, normally the grain companies would look at all those options. This year is a different year. And so we're asking for some understanding, perhaps, to be able to reduce or waive some of the fees. To roll over would be a good option, allowing producers to supply that grain next year, and that's kind of the things that we're asking for. What have you heard so far from farmers, how they're being treated? 
Well, we've heard all kinds of stories. We've heard in some cases that the green companies don't even want to talk to the farmers, and I, I think that's not something we would uh, want to continue. You know, farmers and the green companies have partnerships, and we need to work together on those issues. Other farmers are telling us that the fees, in some cases, the buyback would be a higher cost than what they were actually told, so uh, those things need to be worked out, definitely. The SARM request follows a call from Saskatchewan Commodity Organizations and APAS for grain companies to work with farmers and eliminate penalties or roll over contracts to next year. Meantime, NDP agriculture critic Trent Wotherspoon is calling on the provincial government to recall the legislature. Wotherspoon wants to pass emergency legislation to ensure farmers can carry over their contracts to future years without incurring unreasonable penalties. Where as a result of the devastating drought, they just don't have the volumes to fulfill the uh, forward grain contracts. They're really stuck in a real terrible situation now. And in many cases, the penalties that they're uh, facing simply aren't reasonable and, and could bankrupt uh, bankrupt many operations. And time is of the essence because uh, each of those contracts has different uh, delivery dates on them. But, uh, you know, certainly at the end of this month and the months moving forward, uh, producers are uh, in a real serious uh, situation. So we want to make sure there's some standards and some peace of mind, uh, which is why we're calling uh, on the, the provincial government in a, in a real cooperative way, uh, a readiness to work together to uh, protect uh, the livelihoods and operations um, all across our province um, with respect to this challenge around grain contracts and, and ultimately pass legislation or facil- facilitate the passage of legislation that would uh, ensure that if producers that are in this terrible bind where they can't fulfill um, their uh, their volume of, of, of grain are able to carry that forward uh, until next year, um, as well as working to establish a uh, an independent grain contract arbitration board that can uh, quickly resolve disputes between grain companies and uh, producers and, and that would have uh, need to have a majority of producers at that uh, on that board. Wotherspoon suggests the independent grain contract arbitration board would have producer representation of 75 percent to quickly resolve grain contract disputes. He says the province has control over business contracts and some grain companies are flexible while others are not and the province needs to provide a level of protection for farmers. He says the arbitration board would be temporary to resolve disputes. Well, there may be some pushback from some. Ultimately, I know grain companies uh, should understand, and I know many do understand, just how important producers are to uh, them being able to fulfill their uh, contracts and their obligations year in, year out. And they know they, they recognize and know how important it is for producers to uh, make those commitments uh, as they have and then take on the risk and seed that crop and get it delivered back to those uh, grain uh, companies. So um, I would see, I see this as a a very, it's a solid step, uh, a reasonable step, one that respects, uh, you know, the grain company within uh, the, uh, this, this industry, but uh, simply provides some standards and some protections for producers who uh, really uh, you know, many are in a situation here where they're just simply at a at a breaking point. Trent Wotherspoon is the NDP agriculture critic in the Saskatchewan legislature. Back to Saskatchewan agriculture today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. 
prairieeavestroughs.ca and Farmtronics in Regina, your farm electronics specialists. From moisture testers to security cameras, keeping your farm running productively and efficiently since 1977. 380 Henderson Drive. Saskatchewan farmland values are showing modest increases this year, mainly due to drought. Regina-based Farm Credit Canada says farmland values in Saskatchewan rose 1.8% in the first six months of the year, about half the national rate of 3.8%. In the 12 months ending in June, Saskatchewan farmland values rose 3.5% compared to the national rate of 6.1%. The Saskatchewan increase is the lowest in 15 years. There's a mixed trend in the province, with eastern Saskatchewan showing increases while the western area values reflect drier conditions and remain stable. FCC's chief agricultural economist, J.P. Gervais, says the Saskatchewan rate is no big surprise. We're looking at 3.5%, so moderate increases in farmland values. I mean, not entirely surprising given that um, values have increased quite a bit in recent years, but overall it's a very strong market still. Favorable commodity prices and interest rates are fueling Canadian farmland values in Ontario, Quebec and B.C., where values rose 13 to 15 percent for the year. Gervais says it looks like our neighboring provinces on the prairies have seen even larger increases in farmland values. Yeah, certainly in Manitoba, we're looking at, uh, you're looking at the first six months, 3.5, so that's roughly double the rate of increase in, that uh, we've seen in Saskatchewan. But I think those things, you know, you need to take a little bit of a longer-term perspective, right? Not just look or focus on the last six months, like in this case, but to look back at the last three, four years, you would, you would likely see that land values have been moving somewhat at the same pace between um, the three prairie provinces, right? There'll be, you know, cases where, you know, one province is going to show up with a little bit more of an increase year to year, but uh, overall, I think in the longer term, um, the trend's the same. And, and really, land values are quite elevated. And when you measure it against income, for example, right, look at the revenue that you can generate off land, and look at the price of land currently, we're at some of the highest ratio in Overall, uh, if you look back at the last 25 years, so land's expensive, not just in absolute terms, if you're looking at a dollar per acre basis, but also even considering the higher revenues and higher commodity prices, and I'm forgetting about for now, let's forget about dry conditions in, in the price for 2021, and just look at the last six months that are not under the influence of, of the, the really challenging conditions that we had for this growing season and, and for this, this crop. Uh, even despite those strong commodity prices and higher revenues, I mean, we still have land prices at the highest point on record. So it's a market that's been really strong for a number of years, and I would expect it to continue as well in the next in the next few years. Gervais says pasture and forage land is also being affected. Well, absolutely. I mean, it's a different story for livestock producers for sure. Uh, even prior to those those challenging uh, weather conditions that we had over the summer, right? If you go back to the beginning of 2021 when grain prices were starting to climb even at the end of 2020 really right so profitability of livestock livestock operations has been challenged and uh it's been a little bit more difficult for for those for those sectors to um to turn a profit uh sustain a profit over the, the beginning of 2021. Gervais says weather may have an impact on farmland values just like interest rates in the coming year but he still expects good growth able to look beyond, you know, the, the, year, the challenging year that 2021 was. Uh, yes, revenues are going to be a little bit weaker in 20, going into 2022, but I don't think this is going to have a major impact on the demand for farmland. And the second thing that I'm going to be looking at for the next 12 months are interest rates. 
interest rates are historically at the lowest point ever. And you would think that as, as we're getting you know, into 2022, perhaps by mid-2022, that we're going to see interest rates starting to climb if you know, we can control COVID and, and we get a good handle on the pandemic and so forth. But I would expect that uh, certainly interest rates would start to climb if the economy rebounds. And so those, those are the two things, you know, interest rates and, and farm revenues in, in 2022 that I'm going to be looking at, you think, of the next 12 months. J.P. Gervais is the Chief Economist for Farm Credit Canada. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I am joined right now by the president and CEO of Fertilizer Canada. It is Karen Proud. You commissioned a report through MNP really having a, a deeper dive, a look into this this idea of reducing fertilizer use in Canada. This is something that the federal government has talked about doing. There's been essentially, my words, not yours, a bit of a lack of clarity on what their actual intentions are here. A uh, pretty staggering number in the headline of the report, $40 billion of potential losses if the government follows through with this. Um, very concerning, Karen. Extremely concerning, Sean. And, and I think... Um I think I'm hoping that that lack of clarity from the government actually plays in our, our favor because they've not actually said that they would follow the European approach, which is what this study is based on. It has been sort of hinted at, but, but they've not been definitive about that. And so we're hoping that um, by doing this study, we can show early on that that approach is certainly not feasible in Canada and then open the door to sit down and talk about an approach that is. Why do you, Karen, any idea why Europe is sort of like the model that seems to be indicative of what government policy potentially is, which way it's kind of turning here? Um, I, you know, I know that, uh, the federal government does have a tendency to look at what other countries are doing, whether it's in this sector or others. And and that's generally a really good thing. We don't want to be out of step with our major trading partners. The problem here, um, and, and again, I'm sure it's not just for this sector is what might be an approach in Europe um, doesn't take into account the Canadian situation and, and certainly in the case of fertilizer use, we know that Canadian farmers use fertilizer in a much more sustainable uh, way than they perhaps do in, in Europe. And so we need to look at the Canadian situation to see what will work here. What, what's the difference? Can you, can you shed some light on that? What, what is the difference in how Canadians, Canadian farmers are using fertilizer, a part of their, their program as opposed to Europe? So my understanding is that compared to um, Europe, Canada is a much more efficient user of fertilizer. So that means we don't use as much fertilizer as they do uh, in Europe. That also means we don't have a lot of room to move before reductions in fertilizer end up causing problems with 
crop yield. So, you know, we don't have the space to reduce fertilizer, certainly not by by 20% and unlikely by any significant percent before we start affecting yield. 4R would would definitely be one of the focuses that would, you know, really leads to that efficient use of Canadian of fertilizer in Canada, is that fair? It is absolutely fair and it's uh, one of the the pillars of the 4R program um, that is that does look at ensuring that farmers are using the appropriate rate of fertilizer um, on the farm. And, and that speaks directly to wanting to be as efficient and, and as effective uh, using fertilizer as, as we can. And we've been, as an organization and, and as a sector, promoting the four R's um, for over a decade now. What makes up the $48 billion in predicted losses if the government moves forward on this strategy? So we um, looked at um, three different crops. We looked at uh, canola, at um, spring wheat, and corn. And um, what Myers North Penny uh, did was looked at the projected growth and then uh, did the calculations uh, what it would mean if we reduce fertilizer by 20% over that time period. And then uh, had a look at what that would mean year over year in lost production. And that's how the cumulative effect by 2030, if we started looking at this at around 2023, the cumulative effect would be that $48 billion. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today, wind southeast 30, gusting to 50, the high 32, the low 14. Wednesday, partly cloudy, wind northwest 30, gusting to 50, the high 21 tomorrow, the low plus 4. Thursday, sunny, the high 22, the low 6. Friday, sunny, the high 24, the low 6. Saturday, sunny, the high 22, the low 5. Sunday, sunny, the high 22, the low 6. Monday, sunny, the high near 22. Normal high is 16, the normal low plus 1 for this date. The sun rose at 6.54 this morning. It sets at 6.44 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Weyburn at 31 degrees. Southeast of Regina, the cold spot, way north, Uranium City at 11. Estevan is 30, Saskatoon 26, Swift Current 20, Weyburn once again the hot spot, 31, Yorkton is 28. Partly cloudy in Regina, 30, that's 86 Fahrenheit, winds are from the southeast at 32, gusting to 48. Humidity is 88% and the barometric pressure is dropping 100.1. Partly cloudy in Moose Jaw, 30, winds are from the east-southeast at 33. Once again, Regina, partly cloudy and 30, that's 86 Fahrenheit. 
back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Agriculture Minister David Merritt has proclaimed this week as Biotech Week in Saskatchewan. Merritt says this week celebrates the role biotechnology plays in the agricultural industry. Well, it, obviously it just falls in line with federal government and world ag technology as well, Jim. And many of your listeners know that as a provincial government, we invest significant dollars, just under $32 million, uh, this year. It's budget for ag research. And really what it is is to help prove crop varieties. And we're seeing it out there every day now. I mean, we've got straight-cut canola varieties. We've got more disease-tolerant pulse crops. We've got higher proteins and shorter growing seasons for cereal crops as well. So it's really important that we uh, promote this. And and also, you know, for a lot of the people out there that don't know this, Jim, that Saskatchewan just about houses about a third of all the ag technology in Canada is in the province of Saskatchewan here. In a year like this where it was drought, is biotechnology helpful for coming up with new solutions to fighting the drought? Oh, I, I'm sure it is. And, I, you know, uh, I've had the privilege of visiting the university and seeing the research that's going on. And, and it's, it's amazing what's going on there because they're really looking at all aspects of it. They're even using, you know, the light source to uh, for plant imaging and through the soils. And so the technology really is getting there on, you know, how they can promote plant health and how it can really tolerate, obviously, less moisture, uh, what type of nutrients really do add to it and, and the amount of nutrients needed whether it's top dress coverage or through fertilizer placement and things like that, Jim. So the technology side is incredible on what it's doing here for not only plant health, but for animal health as well, Jim. Agriculture research and biotech is a key part of it. How much is the province involved in that area? Well, quite a bit, Jim. Like, you know, like I said earlier, we, uh, we invest just under $32 million this budget year into ag research. And we have a committee through the Ag Development Fund, uh, we have a committee that really prioritizes the research projects. We'll get hundreds of applications every year for ag research. And this is really in partnership, not only with the provincial government and the university, but also with the private sector as well, Jim. The private sector invests heavily in, in obviously, in crop science, crop research, whether it's the pulse industry, canola, the grain, cereal grains, all of it. So it's really important that we have this partnership and this avenue to be able to focus the research and where the priority should be. So it's good to see this good collaboration, but it's also a a big commitment from the province of Saskatchewan to invest this kind of money into research. But I think it really speaks to the importance of agriculture here in the province of Saskatchewan. It is the number one industry. And this year, obviously, the crop production is going to be down a bit, but the prices are up. And it just, I think what it shows you with this type of weather, we are seeing some crops that have weathered the storm during, you know, the drought pretty good. Yeah, I want a little more comment, too, on the harvest. What are your thoughts about the drought and its impact this year? Well, obviously, it's going to have an impact, Jim. I mean, our production is going to be down. We haven't got the final numbers yet, but it's obviously going to be down. We've seen that. But, I mean, the prices are holding strong for pretty well all the commodities, so we're seeing that. But we're just under 90% done with harvest, and 
pretty well. I think everything that's out there now is probably canola and flax and things like that. So, you know, we'll see the numbers here coming in in the next few weeks, just where we're at. I know we're going to be probably well under the 30 million metric tons, but we'll see, as I say, we're seeing the prices reflect some of that. But we'll find the final numbers here probably in the next week or so. Agriculture Minister David Merritt. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Canadian Western Agribition has outlined measures to ensure the annual livestock show this fall is safe for everyone in attendance. The show was postponed last year due to COVID-19. Agribition will operate under all public health orders. Those attending will need to provide proof of full vaccination or proof of an approved negative test. Agribition will accept any physical or digital proof of vaccination record provided by the local health authority. The last day to receive a second shot and satisfy the 14-day waiting period before load-in weekend at Agribition is November 5th. Proof of a negative test must be from an authorized private provider and within the previous 72 hours. An exhibitor choosing to provide negative results will likely need to be retested at least twice during show week between load-in and move-out. There will be a pre-screening and wristband option for easy access for those who are fully vaccinated. Previous infection is not a valid exemption. Canadian Western Agribition is scheduled to run November 22nd to 27th at Evraz Place. Nineteen cattle were seized at three locations in two provinces as part of a fraud investigation conducted by the Alberta RCMP Livestock Investigation Unit and Livestock Services of Saskatchewan. Two purebred black Angus bulls were located following a September 2nd search warrant in the Spiritwood area. Additional search warrants in the Lloydminster, Saskatchewan and Thursby, Alberta areas on September 16th located more animals, which were identified through registered brands and or registered purebred tattoos. RCMP say two Alberta men allegedly purchased cattle with a fraudulent check and moved them out of province without brand inspection. Shane and Shannon Hoff from Two Hills, Alberta have been charged with fraud over $5,000. They are scheduled to appear in Vegreville Provincial Court on October 18th. Prairie beekeepers had another challenging year. The drought this summer meant less flower growth on crops like canola, forcing honeybees to look for other sources of pollen. As we head into the fall, many beekeepers are having to feed their bees to essentially fatten them up for the long winter months ahead. Early on this year, the industry also faced problems when it came to getting replacement bees shipped here from overseas. The pandemic meant that airlines like Air New Zealand still weren't making trips to Canada. They're considered the experts when it comes to shipping live bees. The industry relied on other airlines to get bees here, only to find most of them dead on arrival because they weren't shipped properly. Connie Phillips with the Alberta Beekeepers Commission believes many of those problems are now in the process of being resolved. She says Edmonton International Airport suggests sensors in the cargo holds of airplanes and protocols in place for shipping bees to market. Connie Phillips is with the Alberta Beekeepers Commission. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years, see Nelson GM today. 
and Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit GrowMoreProfit.com. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for Durham rose eighteen dollars thirty-seven cents at six oh six forty-seven. Canola gained three eighty at eight sixty-eight eighty-two. One red spring wheat fell a dollar seventy-three at three ninety-two sixty-nine. The rest were unchanged. Feed barley three twenty-nine sixty-five. Flax twelve fifty-two ten. Lentils ten forty-seven fifty. Oats three eighty-seven fifty-three. Yellow peas five hundred thirty dollars eighty nine cents. Feed wheat two sixty one sixty five. On the Minneapolis Exchange this morning, hard red spring wheat for December fell ten cents at nine eleven and a half cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn eight four two forty five seventy four. Now the latest quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of September 28th. Our last regular sale was on September 15th. The market on slaughter cattle has stayed steady. No big changes. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.72 cents to $0.78. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.62 cents to $0.72. Cents. Good butcher bulls sold from $1.06 to $1.15. We had a pre-sorted all-breeds yearling sale on September 13th. The market on yearlings is still strong. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged $1.89 and sold up to $2.07. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged $1.90 and sold up to $2.12. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $1.92 and sold up to $2.12. 800 to 900 pound steers averaged $1.90 and sold up to $2.03. And steers over 900 pounds averaged $1.62 and sold up to $1.92. Depending on weight, heifers were 10 to 20 cents back from the steers. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets the cattle and the prices too. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 8,300 hogs Monday, selling in a range of 205 to 237 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,500 head, selling in the range of 205 to 240 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are down, selling in the range of 66 to 73 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed and four contract prices closed higher. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the resource report brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. And brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Starting Friday, those entering restaurants, fitness centers, nightclubs, and bars will need to show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test in Saskatchewan. Jonathan Allward with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business says they've heard mixed reactions from business owners in other parts of Canada that have implemented proof of vaccination measures. Allward says in Manitoba, business owners are relatively supportive of the proof of vaccination measures as they don't want to see another complete lockdown. Allward adds, if the government is going to take a significant step like this in place, supports need to be offered to help keep businesses open. In addition to seeing less customers come through the door, Allward says businesses may have to hire additional staff or purchase new technology to address the checking proof of vaccinations. Like a gym, especially a 24-hour gym, for an example, that doesn't have staff at front of house, 
He says businesses that have to purchase extra hardware for themselves or their staff. The list of the places requiring proof of vaccinations beginning Friday include indoor dining at restaurants, nightclubs, bars, taverns, and other licensed establishments, event and entertainment venues, including conference centers, casinos, movie theaters, concert venues, live music venues, museums, and indoor facilities hosting ticketed sporting events, indoor fitness centers, and gyms. On the markets, the TSX is down 311 points at 20,151. The Dow has fallen 559 points at 34,310. Oil is down 70 cents at 74.75 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 39 one-hundredths of a cent at 78.79 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.